What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 117. Fun show planned for you today with the NFL offseason underway. We have a uh, top five for you. Although, if you have signed up on our website and are part of our, our uh, newsletter, you would already know that. Because as of today, Ben doesn't even know this. This is news to him. Oh, He's looking at me more confused than usual. Uh, we I started sending out a newsletter today. thought it would be a good idea to reach out to our listeners and ask, what do you want to hear? Right. Now, disclaimer, that doesn't mean every single idea we get is going to be a topic or a deep dive on the show. It's just to give us a sense of, hey, are we ignoring something? besides the NHL, <laughs> that <laughs> that you guys really, really care about. And, and to be honest, if we knew that was really a passion you guys wanted to hear about, we, we, we have no problem. Ben, Ben's the hockey guy, admittedly. We have no problem giving that a shot. Haven't really had many complaints about our MLB-NFL uh, combination. That's the majority of our on-air time. But um, you know, we do want to hear from you, and that's all on the newsletter. Like I said, if you are subscribed at bctspod.com, you would have gotten that email. Uh, we, we, we promise, as another disclaimer, that that is just for our use to mail to our listeners. Uh, nobody else will ever see that list. It's not getting sold to a third party or anything else. Um, and I believe there is an opt-out uh, button on the bottom. If there is not, please feel free to contact through the show, write us an email, anywhere on social media, send us a private message. Be happy to take you off the list if you really don't want to be on it. Uh, but yeah, so that's... Going to start doing that once a week on Monday or Tuesday. Kind of let you guys know what we have planned for the show so far. Get you excited for it, maybe, hopefully. Have some more fan interaction and have a more engaging uh, fan base. Because I think I think if we're being honest, there's it's kind of one thing that we're missing Yeah. in, in, in the whole um, scheme of what we're doing. So if, if the newsletter is going to help, um, you know, Twitter – Instagram, Facebook, you know, any any way you can reach out and just say, hey, what about this? What about that? You guys are going to cover this news article. You guys are going to cover uh, this transactions. We'll see what we can do uh, to incorporate the uh, ideas into the program. Yeah, good or bad. Like I said in the newsletter, uh, we can take constructive criticism. Uh, please, uh, please do be nice, though, because Ben is sensitive. And it's really, really hard to edit crying out of an audio podcast audio podcast otherwise all podcasts are audio that doesn't make any sense but uh nonetheless <laughs> let's so let's get on with the show um first things first major league baseball opening day scheduled to be thursday april 1st that is not an april fool's joke that is the actual day no signs as of right now in mid-february that that will be postponed or delayed teams are in spring training right now I, I know you're <laughs> to say you're not as optimistic about me on most things as an understatement. Um, sometimes it's being a realist. Sometimes it's being negative. I guess that depends which, uh, which side of the fence you're on. But do, do you think, I already know your answer, but do you think April 1st is opening day? Do you think all 30 teams actually play as planned? What happens? I mean, no, that's just, I'll give you a simple answer. No, there's, there's, no way. There, there is a. I will give it a ninety-nine percent chance that they're not going to start on time. 
because you can't deal in absolutes and there's always a chance that they can start on time and plus i've been wrong in the past about mlb uh, especially last year uh, we both were so yeah um but i don't i don't think they're going to start on time something between the players and the owners is just going to start to start to birth a little bit more you know we have that issue where the owners wanted to cut down a few games but now the, the commissioner says no we're going to play 162 i i just i don't i don't see it happening i think it will only because uh they the owners did have the idea of cutting off a few games mm-hmm. the players shot that down the players union shot that down and haven't heard anything about it since and they went to spring training. There was no hold up. Oh, we're not. We're not gonna until we know for sure what's gonna happen. We're not gonna play. It was none of that like it was last year with the constant. Everything was jockeying for position. You haven't really had that this year. I think they realize that you know another year of losing that much revenue, whether it be from television or the stadiums that do allow some attendance, and you know that's still, as far as I know, subject to change based on local and state you know, COVID guidelines and everything, how many fans, if any, a stadium can have. Um, but, I mean, especially since they're, they're never going to get an increase in those numbers and an increase in revenue until they can prove the games are safe. They're not going to cut down the number of games. And they're not going to get people, especially in the Northeast or nor- North in general, northern part of the country, to want to sit through playoff games in November which is what they, they were they were the initial plan was to push the end of the season so I think either uh, the uh, divisional not the divisional the elite championship series or the road series was actually getting into November and I don't I don't nobody wants that that's not necessary let me ask let me ask you something Chris because I, I heard this a couple days ago uh, driving to work um, I don't know. I don't remember exactly what the protocols, all the protocols are, but New York is apparently going to open up stadiums, and I think by opening day, uh, the Yankees, the Mets will possibly have um, fans. Uh, two caveats, at least the, the the two big caveats that I know of. Obviously, you have to social distance inside the park, which means you you know they're they're going to position people in different sections and right. You might have to purchase certain tickets that are only available. Um, but before you get in the park, you have to have a negative test within 72 hours. You are a fan. You now have to schedule a test within 72 hours of going to that game. And then bring it with you to confirm that you can go in the game. And then social distance in a part of the park that maybe you want to be in, maybe you don't want to be in. Are you doing that? Well, I mean, first of all, if you're going to buy tickets, you're going to know where you're sitting. Right. So that whole not wanting to be there wouldn't be would, – that part wouldn't play into it. To it but, okay. Um, yeah, I'd have to say uh, to go to a baseball game, would I, would I get tested within 72 hours? Probably not. Maybe if it was the World Series, I had a shot to get those tickets. Uh, and and that was a possibility. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably be willing to do that, just for a regular season game. If I'm gonna have to get tested, and then wear a mask, and make sure I'm, you know, six feet away from people, and can't walk the same direction within twenty feet, and have to do backflips on the third Wednesday of, 
you know, a new moon, it's like I'm probably good. I'll just I'll just keep my distance and hopefully all this madness is over sooner than later. But I, I think you'll find a lot of people who are willing to. Yeah. I mean, but there's one place that it's not going to be an option as far as we could tell is Toronto. Yeah. Uh, well, we don't know that for sure. We don't know. There has not. Uh, uh, last year, we were very critical of Major League Baseball for not, uh, Fair, not figuring out where the Blue Jays could play until, I don't know, the day before. And luckily... They had a um a triple A affiliate, I believe, plays in Buffalo, and that's where the Blue Jays ended up playing their games last year. As of now, uh, they don't have clearance yet to play in Toronto. Has not been ruled out by the Canadian government, but it's not looking likely. It's really not. Uh, so apparently their front running contingency plan, and there's a few of them, is to play in I'm gonna mispronounce this. It's either Dunedin. I think it's Dunedin. Or Dunedin, Florida. Dunedin, it's like Florida. it's not even that complicated looking. It's just you know three vowels and a couple of D's and a few N's. Like, but <laughs> Dunedin, Florida, which is uh, apparently where they have their spring training facility. Uh, they also have an A ball affiliate. I believe it's a single or double A affiliate in Florida somewhere. They could play there. Uh, the, the affiliates playing in the affiliate stadiums would be a little more complicated this year because. Last year, all the A-ball uh, seasons were canceled. This year, they're going to play as, as to when and how many games is still up in the air. But they're still going to play. So they have to do a little bit more figuring out, uh, you know, what's what and, and kind of looking at the schedules and making sure they can match that up. Uh, so it's probably looking like if they don't play in Toronto, it will be the spring training facility down in Dinadin, Florida. I'm pretty uh, sure it is. Floridians, right. you know, right, right, you know, write to me on social media and tell me how terribly I did on that pronunciation. Uh, if you're gonna do, make sure you tell me how to say it right, though. Don't just criticize. Help right, me. Right. Help, help us out, all help grow. Help us all learn. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's at least positive that they looked at this before. You know, three days before the first pitch, but. I mean, it's a month and a half out. So here, here's the problem that the Blue Jays have. Because hockey had this issue, right? Hockey's has this issue. Um, they have seven teams in the uh, in in Canada, right? You know how they figured it out? You're asking me? Or are you no, that no, rhetorical? No. Um, it's rhetorical. Okay. Because uh, I, I wanted to verify before I, I said it. But they, um, they restructured their divisions. Oh, okay. I don't know how long it's going to last. Maybe a season, maybe next season. Right. But they restructured the divisions so that because last year, remember last year they took the bubble up to Toronto. Right. Um, this year they're playing. Uh, the teams are playing at home, so they took seven, all seven Canadian teams, and said, "Here, your division for this year, maybe next year, but at least for this year, your division." And then they broke up the rest. You know, uh, West. Uh, there's two divisions. Uh, two two divisions in the West. They have. Um, Different amount of teams in each, and then there's the remaining of the East in the other division. For uh, so it's basically you play inside the uh, you play play inside your little division, and then we'll see what happens there. Uh, as far as a Canadian team winning and and having to go down to North America uh, to the United States or vice versa, 
I'd have to look in to see if they figured that one out yet. But well, I think that would have to be, you know, it's probably a series of negative tests and a couple of days quarantine. Yeah, but know, they like can normal. do that because at that point it's two teams. Right. Maybe maybe they might have to do something else because eventually it'll there'll be multiple teams probably unless of course the Canadian division just sucks, but. That's, that's I'm gonna what, bank on the Canadian division and hockey not sucking. Uh, it's it's I'll, I'll just say this, Chris. It's been a while since an, a, a Canadian team has won the Stanley Cup. Or all the good Canadian hockey players play down here. Um, they're mixed throughout. Huh? One of the best American uh, hockey players plays in uh, on a Canadian team. So it's all about where you're drafted. It's just like the NFL and MLB. It's all about where you're drafted, uh, but. You tell how knowledgeable I am on the good old sport of hockey, folks. <laughs> but um, it's like a how-to book over here. I, I I I like that they have a plan, but they had a plan last year. Yeah, their plan last year sucked, though. Yes, their plan last year was a joke. The entire the entire dog and pony show of that sixty game season was a joke. Uh, and you know, I I think at least this year we're not hearing about a three days out. We're hearing about a month and a half out. It's something they've actually thought about and considered. You know, uh, apparently Toronto will be ready if they're allowed to play. Right. Quite honestly, I can't really foresee that. I, I would have to assume if, if, if you're a Blue Jays fan, which actually really sucks for Blue Jays fans because their team is looking very, very good. Oh, yeah. Uh, best that it's looked in a long time. Some young talent. Yeah. Really, really good young talent. <clears throat> I would have to assume you're probably going to be playing their 2021 season in Florida. So maybe at some point that changes, but as for now, I think it's going to start off playing in all Dunedin, Florida. Uh, bit of unfortunate news um, out of Florida as well. Uh, former NFL wide receiver Vincent Jackson uh, passed away. I believe it was yesterday he was found. Uh, at 38 years old, he was found in his hotel room, and I believe it was Tampa, Florida. Um. There's no, and we're certainly not going to speculate. Uh, there's no cause of death at this time. Still pending. Don't speculate. Yeah. So, this guy, uh, instead of, you know, talking about what we don't know, we'll talk about what we do know, which is at this point, at, at one point, hands down one of the top receivers in the NFL. Absolutely. 6'3", what are they, 220 plus, physical force. Um, for his size, big play threat. I think the closest comp I can probably say to folks who, I mean, it is only, I mean, he played, I mean, it was drafted in 2005, so it's not like he played 40 years ago, but the closest comp to today I could probably say is Mike Evans. That's exactly the person uh, I was thinking too. I mean, you, uh, which is ironic too, because they're, uh, apparently very close. They're both on the bucks, at least for a few years together. Um, yeah, it's sad. It's unfortunate. A lot of players have come out and obviously, you know, said their condolences and wished his family, uh, you know, wish his family peace. And I obviously, you know, I'm on I'm on the same page there. Uh, he played 12 seasons for the Bucks and the Chargers. Five for the Bucks, seven for the Chargers. It's a second round pick of the Chargers in 2005. Uh, career wise, he had 540 receptions, 57 touchdowns. Over 9,000 receiving yards and 16.8 yards per reception. Uh, that's nothing to scoff at. That is a more than respectable career. Uh, and, 
you know, obviously uh, by the outpouring of support and love he's received from the NFL community, this is a very, very loved, loved individual. And it's, uh, it's very sad. So we, um, you know, send his family our best. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't, I think you've covered everything. So I don't have much more than to just hopefully their family, his family can um, come together and, in, in, in tragedy and, and try to move forward as best they can. Yeah. Um, rest in peace, Vincent Jackson. Um, no good transition from something like that. Never so is. we're just going to move on to the next topic. Uh, so J.J. Watt, Mr. Texan for a long time, face of the Texans, most one of the most dominant defensive players of his generation, has been released from the Houston Texans. He is now a free agent. Uh, apparently it's mutual. He requested, so I guess it's not quite mutual. He requested to be released with one year left in his contract. The Texans obliged. And he can now go wherever he wants. Um, I don't need to sit here and tell everybody how dominant J.J. Watt was, especially in his prime. Uh, He's probably past those years now. However, still a physical force. Guy keeps himself in incredible shape. He's still strong as an ox. I mean, looks intimidating as hell. I know where I think he's going to go. I'm curious if we're on the same page. Like I said, he's a free agent, unrestricted free agent. He can go anywhere, anywhere he wants to now. I think I think we talked about this when he had his press conference, right? That he went and basically was not happy with the team's effort. I think it was during the end of the season and uh, where they were going. Of course, this I think this was before um, Bill O'Brien was um, 86th. Oh, uh, this was after. Oh, it was after. That was towards the end of the year. Oh. Yeah. The whole thing where he said how he was uh, the effort wasn't there and he felt bad for the fans yeah. and everything. Yeah, that was that was like week fourteen or fifteen. Okay. I I think there's two places, and I, I I think I've mentioned this to you before. I think Pittsburgh is a a prime location for him. Uh, just though I understand and I understand, um, they play a base thirty four defense usually. Two things I think they can morph the defense to suit a, a player like JJ Watt. On top of the fact that they have his brother TJ Watt, and he's become such a force and attention. But we saw what happened when Bud Dupree and Devin Bush went on IR. He took some time to get used to the fact that he was the only guy. I also like San Francisco because they have they they like their rotation. They like to keep guys fresh. They play more of a four down lineman kind of system, but they're always rotating players in and out inside the inter- in- interior uh, on the exterior. Plus, you have uh, someone like Nick Bosa who's becoming one of those elite talents on top of all the other first round picks that they still have on that. Um, Defensive line. I think those are the two that I think of for a landing spot for J.J. Watt. Well, I think, first of all, the obvious thing is he's going to go to a competitor. Yeah. You're not going to see J.J. Watt sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars. No chance. Like, it, it's just not It's not going to happen. Not right now. Uh, maybe, maybe five years ago, but not right now. So, 
I think Pittsburgh is the easiest choice. Obviously, J.J. Watt and his brothers are very close. Uh, I don't know what Derek Watt, their brother's contract situation is. He's probably a free agent. Uh, but obviously, T.J. has been a standout in Pittsburgh. I can't see a situation where Pittsburgh would not love to bring in J.J. as well to play alongside his brother and the other defensive talent they have. And really, you know, he wouldn't have to be prime J.J. Watt to have an impact with all the talent around him. He would just have to be anything past good or average J.J. Watt right. would really stand out because everybody else could take some of the heat off him with the talent around him. There's also Green Bay. He's a Wisconsin guy. That's a hometown team. Maybe he wants to play for the hometown team before he retires. I don't think growing up in Wisconsin. Uh, I don't know. what Did he go to school in Wisconsin or grew up in Wisconsin? I'm not sure what it was. Uh, but I know. I think he's from Wisconsin. But either way, the cold's not going to bother him. Uh, and then today, I was reading an article. I cannot remember where. I, I It was just one of those, like, when you open up the Google app, there's, like, random articles that show up. And uh, it was linking him to the Browns, potentially. Now, as crazy as that might sound, that's a team that's on the upswing. And J.J. Watt's going to go one of two ways. Either he's going to want to play alongside his brother or he's want to go play directly opposite from his brother. Because, you know, sibling rivalry is a real thing. Right. So, either line up with TJ in Pittsburgh, or you line up with Miles Garrett in Cleveland. Maybe you just go to Green Bay. Although I don't I don't realistically apparently the Packers have no cap room and they're gonna sign every wide receiver in free agency, I guess, according to what I'm reading. So I don't know if they'll have money for him. But if you had the chip pick right now, okay, right now, who, where's he go? If I'm JJ Watt, yes, then I'm looking at which teams. Any team at all. Any team you want. Okay, I'm gonna focus down on on those two teams, Pittsburgh and Cleveland, because I don't, I don't, I don't think Green Bay's uh, feasible because their defensive scheme is not similar to Pittsburgh, but has uh, similarities. Are not similar, but they're like there's there's some iterations that that are are similar to Pittsburgh with the base thirty four, uh, so I don't think JJ would go that route unless he was playing with his brother. Right. I lean towards Cleveland for this matter. You have one of the most disruptive forces on the opposite side, and Miles Garrett, and if they play a base forty three defense. That's his home run. That's where he's good at. Like his best years was when there was interior defense alignment to suck up that that offensive line help. Um, I give you an example, and he wasn't great in in Houston, but Vincent Wolfork for one or two seasons helped JJ Watt kind of keep the pressure off him. Yep. So if you look at that. I think Stefanski, and I don't know that. I apologize to GM. I don't know your name, um, but I, I promise I will. I will figure it out. I think if they look at that with with some understanding that you're going to elevate Miles Garrett, you're going to elevate your linebacking core, you're going to elevate not suspect secondary, but a young secondary that still needs to prove themselves. Let's not forget their first round pick. 
Is that uh, Del- Delphic? Grand Delphic? Delphic? Uh, yeah, Del- never Grand played Delphic. this year. Right. Uh, he hurt himself before the season started. Never played. And Denzel Ward, um, Gritty Williams, Denzel Ward a first round pick, Gritty Williams a second round pick. Some talent. Have, on, there's some talent on that defense. There's talent. They were in and out of the lineup, with the exception of Delpit, who missed the entire season. And they even went out and got um, um, Harrison from uh, Jacksonville, who didn't play all that great, and that was the last remaining good player on the Jacksonville de- uh, defense. But I think if you if you, I think with the New York Giants in what was it uh, 2007 proved that you can cover up a lot of the warts in your secondary and make them look really good if your pass rush is dominant. And I think that's what elevate. And and from JJ Watt, I say, where's 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 my opportunity? Where can I succeed? Pittsburgh would be nice. But he has to look at that scheme. And can he can he work inside that scheme? Because they're going to want to play their linebackers. Because that's what that defense is all about. And I know I said I, I like him in Pittsburgh. But he's going to have to make some concessions. And he's going to have to change a few things of how he operates. How he rushes the passer. How he... And if there's a player that will do it, it would be J.J. Watt. He just has to see how he wants to end his career. And if I were him, Cleveland's right for the pickings. Yeah. And you can actually do what you tried to do in in Houston and staple your name to history as a player that helped Cleveland ascend to a higher level that they'd never been. On top of that, on top of that, you look at some of the teams mentioned – uh, and we're going to talk. We're going to talk because of the situation as far as the cap goes going into free agency. I know we've heard this a lot over the past year. These are unprecedented times for the NFL cap situation. First time the cap went down going into a season instead of up in, I believe, 12 years, 10 or 12 years. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, if the cap is projected at its highest point for the upcoming year, are already $30 million, almost $31 million over the cap. Now, J.J. Watt is going to go somewhere to compete, but he also wants to be paid. Right. He's a name. He's still a commodity. And he's only 31. Just on a 38-year-old on his last leg in the game. He could have a good three, four years left as long as he's in the right situation. So, uh, you know, Steelers almost 31 under. Uh, the Pack or over, excuse me. The Packers are $20 million over the cap. However, the Cleveland Browns, as of right now, have just under $22 million in cap space to play with. So you could give J.J. Watt a nice-sized contract with incentives, put him across from Miles Garrett, and just say, go get the quarterback, J.J., which is exactly what he's always done best, disrupting the line of scrimmage. And that makes a good young defense uh, with a guy who isn't isn't control-hungry. He doesn't have to be the center of attention. He just wants to be competitive. On a good team. J.J. Watt's a perfect fit for Cleveland. And I, and I think if we look at it, Chris, this is a team that went after Jadavian last year, was willing to give him money, and he said, no, thank you. Right. That's looking like a, a blessing in disguise for Cleveland because now they have the money 
to potentially get J.J. Watt, who's a little bit more sound in his technique. Uh, and Jadavian, who basically is going to look for almost a veteran's minimum at this point and trying to get on a team and trying to be productive because he had almost no production in Tennessee last year. And if I'm any team, I'm like, I take JJ Watt over Clowney all day. Right. I, I don't I, care what the age difference is. I think I take JJ over Clowney all day. And I think uh, I think JJ was first overall pick. Was he the first overall pick? Um, JJ. JJ was he? JJ Watt? No. No, he's eleventh. I'm sorry. I was gonna say, be interesting dynamic between the first uh, first overall picks. But you know, you're he's eleventh. By the way, you correct on uh, University of Wisconsin. That's where Watt went? Yeah, okay. but he also is from Wisconsin. Oh, so it's the same. Okay, I, was, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was growing up in um, Wisconsin or but it was the same, so yeah. good. I think um, Derek Watt went to Iowa. Okay. And then TJ, I think, also went to Wisconsin. But um, I like him in Cleveland. I do. Even though his brothers are in Pittsburgh. See, I think I th- he's a competitor. And at first, I, the obvious answer for me was going to Pittsburgh to play with TJ right. Watt. But now, look, if the Browns were not – a franchise on the upswing, I don't think there's ever even a chance. This is a team with a lot of positive stuff going for them, and they can even go out, despite having you know, some good young talent at receiver, they can even go out and bring somebody in to go with Jarvis Landry. I mean, this is this is a team that is really going to be competitive for the next couple of years. On I really believe that. Perfect landing spot for J.J. Watt. And I think if we look deeper into – because we, we, we know the situation with Odell. We talked about it. Uh, we liked, and I say we, I mean, I know we've both spoken uh, spoken about this on and off air. We liked what the offense looked like without him in it. Yep. It just, it flowed smoother. I think if, if you're, you're Cleveland, you have to contemplate the move. Because it's, right now it's 12 mil in dead cap. If you feel like you can you can take that hit, okay. But then after this year, he has no dead cap. So it's one year. If So if you... you Is that him, a dead cap if they trade him or cut him? If they trade him before June 1st, there's no dead cap. Actually, if they trade him, there's no dead cap if they release him. Yeah, you'll see him. You'll see so him fine. If, if they can yeah. trade him... They can save themselves money. But if they can't trade them, they try to work them in the system, right? Still doesn't work? Well, you're already paying them. They're going to find him a landing spot. Yeah. They're gonna find, if, there's no dead, if there's no dead capper or any penalty for trading him, they'll, I, they'll I, just offload him. Look, I, I, I you'll see him traded for a third, third round pick, maybe even lower than that. Who knows? I think no matter what, if you look at the cap, regardless of the, the, the cap hit, the positive we saw with that offense, which, and and this is and I, it's crazy to say this, it's key if you to bring in to bring back Rashard Higgins because he's a free agent, right? If you're going to move on from Odell, because now you have Rashard Higgins, you have Jarvis right. Landry, you have Donovan People Jones, who's still progressing, who still needs to work on his route running. I know this because he went to the University of Michigan, right. so I, I kind of know what his faults are. But there's talent there. And, of course, you have the two-headed monster. 
Well, that'll we'll discuss that at a later time. Let's yeah. let's get back on track. Uh, we somehow went from JJ Watt to the Browns receiving core. Only we can do that, Chris. It's fine. Just you know, we'll we'll end up not getting our last three topics in because we're spending an hour and a half on Odell trade destinations. Um, but yeah, that'll it'll be an interesting offseason regardless. Uh, another interesting thing mm-hmm. out of Houston, besides JJ Watt. Is Texas owner Texas owner? Yeah, he owns the state of Texas. Texans owner Cal McNair said there is a lot of misinformation about the Deshaun Watson situation, and he fully expects him to be a Texan going forward, which generally means trade impending any day now. We really don't know that. That's just a joke. But, uh, you know, according to him, it's not as bad as people are, uh, him being the owner, Cal McNair, uh, not as bad as people are saying. There's not this bad blood or ill will with Deshaun. Regardless, Deshaun Watson apparently is not speaking to the Texans, and he has formally requested a trade. So I don't know how that can be perceived as good. Uh, maybe I'm just a pessimist. I don't know. Um, I guess the only thing we can say about this, since we did 20 minutes on why he'd be a good fit for the Jets a couple weeks ago, and now we're being told... The Jets are not on his list of destinations. He wants to go to a competitor, which... I understand that. I can understand that, but good luck getting the ammo to make it worth the Texans, to make it worthwhile for Houston to trade you from a team that's, you know, ready to potentially win now, adding you to it. I don't know even with Deshaun Watson if the Jets are going to win now. Uh, They're certainly much better. And they're, you know... I say this in all seriousness maybe a six or seven win team, but you could argue there's a lot of talent on that Texans team equivalent to what the Jets have, and they didn't do very good last year with Deshaun also. So I don't really know the difference he makes on that team. And in the long run, without any more moves, and it's hard to make those moves if you trade all your draft picks for him. So I think Watson's best bet would have probably do with Ben just not signing a contract extension before last season. I mean, that would be... And idea. then he could have gone wherever he wanted to anyways. Uh, I'm not, you know, I understand his frustration. Being told, apparently being told things you'd have say in. Some kind of control over personnel decisions. And then apparently having that redacted the moment that one needed to be made. But, again, that's all speculation. We're not in the Texans organization. We don't know. The only thing we absolutely know for sure is we have absolutely no idea what's going on with the Texans and Deshaun Watson, and neither does anybody else besides the Texans and Deshaun Watson. It's the only thing we seem to know for sure. I think we've touched this sub- subject specifically in three or four episodes so far. At least. I, so I think We're we, not going to hang on it very long. Right. We, we covered every angle. We, we it, it's, it's the Texans trying to get leverage because their leverage has been pulled away from them by Deshaun Watson and his agent. So it sucks for the Texans, but you put yourself in this position. You promised something that you probably shouldn't have promised. It's your fault. Um, But let me me be very clear. Deshaun is not innocent in this. He saw DeAndre Hopkins traded for, I don't want to say peanuts, but... Peanuts. it wasn't great. That should have been your first alarm to say, um, do I really want to stay here long term if they're going to ship DeAndre Hawkins 
because of a few million dollars. But now I have all this talent that is meh. And now you're going to look at getting traded out to someone else, the Jets. But apparently he doesn't want to go there. Like, I feasibly see only the Dolphins having the draft capital. And, uh, and the upside. But So here's the problem. If it's just the Dolphins, because they want X number of first-round picks, you're the Dolphins. Um, do you really give them what they want? Because if you're the only one at the table, and they don't want to, and, and Deshaun doesn't want to deal with anybody else but someone who's competitive, and the Texans don't only want certain picks. Well, guess what? Your leverage is gone for both parties. So I see this, and I'll leave it at this. I've come off my stance. Deshaun will be the starting quarterback of the Houston Texans beginning of the season. Notice how I said beginning of the season. Okay. So I agree with you. I don't think he moves. I think they work this thing out because money talks. And Deshaun's not going to give up a lot of that guaranteed money in his contract, which he would lose by not showing up to camp or playing. He's not going to do that. He's smarter than that. But for a moment, imagine... Exactly what you just said happens. He doesn't want the Jets. Maybe. Look, honestly, if the Jets are smart with the moves they've made, and I don't, I don't there's no, there's no smart comment there. <laughs> the Jets are smart with the moves they've made so far. We're gonna Robert Sala, some of the new coordinators. Stick with Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold has never had a real chance with the coaches you have. See what you have with him. You owe it to yourself with him being what a fourth overall pick a few years ago yeah. to see what you have. Stick with him. Bringing some receivers to help him with some of those high draft picks, bringing another offensive lineman, or perhaps trade that second overall pick for two future first round picks. Just, just, or you know, swap with somebody this year and get a, get a future first rounder. There's so many things you can do that can really help build your team if you have the right people in place. Whether they do or not remains to be seen. I think, like I said, Watson is you know it would take a lot to get him, and any team to get him would be excited to have him. But let's pump the brakes a little bit. Is Deshaun Watson a great franchise changing, uh, franchise future changing quarterback? You know what I'm trying to say? Or is he a really, really good stat collector? I don't know. I mean, if you put Patrick Mahomes in Houston, are they better than they were this year? Probably. I'm just saying, not that I wouldn't want my team to get him, but I think some teams around the league are are getting a little bit more realistic with the whole, yeah, this whole talk about three, four, potentially more first-round picks is getting a little crazy. We're going to pull back a little bit. And now the Texans are going to, like you said, do damage control and say, well, we're not going to trade him. This is all misinformation. They're going to want those teams to come back and be like, well, wait, now we're interested. whole reason I got off on this was if this is really the case, whether it's an irreparable relationship between Deshaun Watson and Houston Texans, and his value diminishes on a trade market because he's, whether it be him or people around him, or just completely made up, you could lose trade value through no fault of his own. It makes it easier for other teams who didn't necessarily have the Jets or Dolphins draft capital to come in and say, 
well, I mean, we could give you this player and a few first round picks. You know, uh, other teams that didn't necessarily have the chance before can come in and become part of the picture. Because the two teams that have the draft capital aren't willing to pay it anymore. So it opens up the pool. Having said that, I don't think it happens. So if you were hoping for some revolutionary uh, <laughs> uh, career-altering prediction on my part for Deshaun Watson, sorry. Um, just wanted to kind of throw it out there. Like, If he has diminished his own value, or people are saying, yeah, he's good, but he's not Mahomes. He hasn't actually won anything in Houston, which he's a great quarterback. He's a great player. It's preposterous to say he's not talented. It's also not preposterous to say, am I going to trade four first-round picks for a guy without a playoff win? Or he's one, but a guy without a deep playoff run. I don't know. One could say Ryan Tannehill has done more in Tennessee than Deshaun has done in Houston. Now, does that mean that Ryan Tannehill is a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson? No. Uh, Athletically, certainly not. But maybe he fits into his scheme better than Deshaun would fit into another scheme. All this stuff comes into play. There's so many variables. I just think that if they if the market gets kind of you know, the trade market isn't exactly what the Texans thought it would be, and that's an irreparable relationship, then they may not get the return they thought they would. Especially if you look at it, and and you're of the mindset that this is five five quarterbacks deep draft. If you're of that mindset. And some could argue you could reach on a sixth one. But that's, we're talking late second, early third. That's six teams. Not to mention free agents, trades. We still got we still got a couple other trades that might go on. You know, you don't know if Matt Ryan's going to land somewhere else. Cam Newton needs to land somewhere. Jameis Winston. Cam stayed in New England. We can talk about that another day. <laughs> oh, now now we want to talk about another day. Yeah. Uh, Jameis Winston needs to land somewhere. Like, there's not going to be a lot of openings. And you're looking at, like you said, Sam Darnold's on the Jets. Tua Tonga on the Miami Dolphins. They don't have to trade for Deshaun right. Watson. There are a lot of teams that would like to upgrade, but it's an upgrade. It's not... I don't have anything. New England doesn't have anything, in my opinion. Doesn't have anything. Uh, you mean Stedham's not the guy? No. Oh, heartbroken. Uh, uh, New Orleans, if Drew Brees um, at some point decides to retire, they don't have a starting quarterback unless they're going to go with Jameis, which I don't. Excuse think. you, sir. Taysom Hill on line one. Yeah, we, we've been down that road before. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's not a yeah, every down starter. There's, there's only so many seats, um, and the music might stop, and the Texans might might be looking at it as like there's no there's one option left. So I think the barometer is what the lines got for Stafford. Anything less, Nick Casario's job is going to be um, on the hot seat before a game even starts. You kidding me? Bill O'Brien made bad trades and he got a promotion, so. They're gonna. There, there if Nick Casario trade Nick Casario trades him for a compensatory round pick, they're gonna make him co-owner next week. I'm just saying there might be a higher bar set for Nick Casario because everyone looked at Bill O'Brien as just this 
fiery but lovable moron for a couple years, and then it tur- the worm turned on him. I questioned your assessment. I'm not sure about lovable. At one point, they you know a lot of players liked him, but it turned. Yeah, the minute he made started making personnel decisions, it turned real quick. Exactly. All right, so I think we're in agreement there. I uh, I'm of the ilk that uh, Deshaun Watson's a Houston Texan. He it's a nice get, story. He doesn't though. get traded. It's a nice story to see if he he, he trade he gets traded, and it's a nice story to talk about. But sure, we're at the point where we're starting to see moves happen. And yeah, and we don't want to keep rehashing the same stuff. Right. We said that last year at baseball, and we kind of were forced to based on how they just continue to shoot themselves in the foot. So unless we have any real solid information about Deshaun Watson or any like pending news, like, hey, this trade is imminent, probably not going to hear a whole lot more about it on this show until something does happen. And if we go into you know the draft and nothing's happened yet, then we can say, okay, I think chances are – they're moving forward with Deshaun. Like what I need right now, Chris, is a a Kyrie Irving soundbite so I can just move off of Deshaun Watson for just two seconds. Nah, Deshaun's better than that. I'm just saying, I need, I need, I need something to bite on. No one's mad at Deshaun Watson, by the way. No, I don't blame him. For, I mean, I I do wish for his sake and the sake of another franchise who could have benefited from him. He kind of read the tea leaves and been like, yeah, I don't know if I want to be here long term. Right. But you certainly can't blame a guy who's being constantly compared to the likes of Dak Prescott and Patrick Mahomes for saying, it's a big money extension. My family's going to be set for life. Well, let's take it. Certainly certainly not faulting him for that. Um, so free agency is going to be an interesting time. Oh, it's going to be fun. Uh, like I said, uh, this is – it's going to be one of the more interesting free agent periods – in recent years, maybe not anything with the impact of like Tom Brady leaving New England and going to Tampa Bay, but you're going to see a lot, a lot of movement, a lot more than normal. You're going to see a lot of guys getting cut and going to sign, like you said, the shorter one, two, maybe three year deals for a little bit less money, but more guaranteed money so they can lock up their position until, you know, the cap eventually and inevitably starts going up again. So we have, like I said, our top five impact free agents, the guys we feel will have the biggest impact on their team, whether it be the same team or a new team. Uh, but I thought it'd be good to have a discussion, albeit a short one, about as it stands right now with everything on the table, which team stands to benefit the most from free agency and which team stands to lose the most. Or... Not lose, but be worse off afterwards. Right. My particular team, I chose. And I think we actually chose the same, the same for the, uh, the tail end of it. Uh, isn't necessarily going to have a bad free agency period, but it's going to be filled with a lot of trading away potentially beloved players. Yeah. And cutting guys they really don't want to cut. Because. Uh, say what you want about the team like the Patriots having a bad year after 20 years of dominance. But even with the reduced cap this year, they have very little dead cap and they have $63 million in cap space and still quite a bit of talent on that team. 
is a team that can do some things in free agency. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's many teams that have put themselves in a decent spot. And there's 12 that are already in the red. It's a good job, guys. And you have your teams like Buffalo, Tennessee, Chicago, even Minnesota. Minnesota at, you know, just at $9 million over the cap, a little under $9 million. That's forgivable because, you know, you have to move contracts around. You got to sign guys. You cut guys. You move money from here to there. You don't know what the cap's going to be. If this was a regular year without COVID, the cap would be well over 180. It'd probably be, what, about 190, 195? It yeah. went down for the like I said, it went down for the first time in a dozen years. So if it actually went up, it'd be closer to 200 than it would be 180. None of those teams would be over the cap. Right. It'd be fine. Oh, and speaking of over the cap, uh, overthecap.com is where I got my cap uh, numbers from. So just to give them credit, they did this. They did the work of putting the cap together uh, or the numbers together. So I want to make sure they get they get recognized for that. Really, really good website uh, for for all the uh, contract and, and number and, and uh, sports money nerds out there like myself and Ben. Really enjoyable website. Uh, as far as uh, it's kind of like the uh, pro football reference for contracts, like pro football reference for stats over the cap for, for contracts. No, I'm not a sponsor. Just giving them credit. Um, okay. For you, which team stands to gain the most from this upcoming free agent period? Uh, it's the New England Patriots. Oh, uh, you I, Homer, so, you Homer. So this is how I look at it, Chris, because I know we pick different ones. I look at it this way. Bill set himself up, and when I say Bill, I mean Bill Belichick. But I'm a New England Patriots fan, and I don't refer to him as coach because I'm not a player. So I call him Bill. Bill has set himself up with a nice amount of cap space. Like you said, it could have been more if um, COVID didn't strike down the cap a, a, a little bit of money. But because of their quarterback position, it hurts them, but it also helps them because now they can set themselves up in free agency to gobble up some of these talented players and create a team, at least for this year, to be what Bill kind of wants them to be and could almost catch the league by surprise for a season. I know it's a little outside the box. Um, I know Bill went, went with... Cam Newton this past season it didn't really work out but I think because he's not married to a quarterback he's not married to too many players and he does have some versatility on both offense and defense I, I just think there's so many avenues he can go to build this team does he build up a bulky defense and a run focused offense or does he go get some more receivers and get himself a quarterback in a trade or sign a big free agent quarterback. He has variable opportunities to go. And that this is the time right now where he's sitting down with his team. Ultimately, it's his decision. But he's sitting down with his team and saying, what, what routes can we go? What avenues can we take? What players do we project? And, you know, what's... What's plan A? What's plan B? What's plan C? What's plan D? Go all the way down to Z because we need to know 
if player X gets dropped by this team and player Y gets dropped by this team, and we can get both of those players, and how are we going to build the defense or offense from there? And who are we going to draft with 15? You know, who are we going to draft with our second round pick? How are we going to supplement the, uh, not having that third uh, non compensatory pick? But, Ben, haven't you heard? What's that? It doesn't matter. Why does it matter, Chris? Because the only reason they ever won anything was because Tom Brady was here. Uh, I'm quite aware of that, Chris. And nobody, according to the mainstream media, nobody wants to play in New England. I am quite aware of that as well. So, I mean, you may as well just pack it in as a franchise because. There's one problem, Chris. Uh oh, what's that? There's 32 teams, right? Uh, hold on. Carry the seven. Yeah. yeah. They all pay money. Good money. Um, some more than others. So, at the end of the day, someone's going to sign a contract with the New England Patriots. As much as the, the, the mainstream media is going to hate it, uh, some players are going to sign contracts to get money to play football. So I don't know about that. It seems suspect to me. I know. I get it. And, and here's another scary part, and I, I understand the, the, the anger that could come from this. Players are going to get drafted by the Patriots. Uh, not likely. Not necessarily. No one's ever going to play for him again. No one's ever. They're just going to run out their contracts and uh, just go away. Not necessarily in the first round, but they will get drafted, and they're going to have to play at least a few years. But I think I think that's. This is why I think they can do the most. In free agency, and and that's separate completely from the draft. I just think they have, the most to gain. From free agency. All right, like I'm a Patriots fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't hide that, and uh, so I, I didn't go with them. I think they stand to gain a lot, but I, I don't. Here's the thing: the way I looked at it, I didn't really see them losing a lot last year. I know Brady didn't resign. I get that, and I know, I know he won in Tampa. So spare me the tweets. I watched the game. I saw it. Congratulations, good for him. Um, but this is a team. Two years removed from the Super Bowl, made the playoffs. No, three years. Made the playoffs two years ago. Mm-hmm. Had a down year this year. A lot of stuff changed. No, uh, no preseason, no workouts, no none of these official. And all, for all teams, not not just Patriots. Not making excuses there for all teams. But when you have a team. That relies so heavily on a very, very complex game plan and playbook uh, to the point where some players who came to New England were just straight up admitted, I couldn't figure it out, uh, that those things matter. Yeah, it was 7-9, and nine, but 7-9 and nine with that team and no preseason is as close to a win as you can get while still losing. So I don't really look at it as they have the most to gain. I look at it as everything being somewhat back to normal, just picking up kind of where they left off two years ago. Yeah, they're not going to have Tom Brady. There isn't going to be another Tom Brady. Sorry, Patrick Mahomes fans. I love Patrick Mahomes. He's tremendous. He's not Tom Brady. He's Patrick Mahomes. Different player. Not going to do the same stuff. So we can stop comparing them. Different people. Um. So, 
I realize people are going to say I'm just giving it the runaround because I can't admit the fact that they weren't as good. They weren't as good. The Patriots weren't. But I also don't feel they were as bad or all doom and gloom as other people thought they were. So for me, I chose the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, almost $70 million, um, $69.2 million in cap space. Uh, as of now, almost non-existent dead cap, under a quarter million dead cap. Uh, this team has a stellar defense. This team has a great young running back, good young running back tandem. Uh, very, very, very good to great offensive line. Talent at receiver, talent at tight end, and all the money in the world to spend. I'm not going to tell you exactly all the reasons why I believe the Indianapolis Colts stand the game the most because that will ruin the next segment for me. But believe me, I will tell you. Just hang on like 10, 15 minutes and you're going to hear it at the end. But I think this is a team that with the right moves this offseason, on top of drafting the way they've been drafting and developing the players the way they have, who could be a Super Bowl contender for the next four to six years with just a good offseason this year. I really believe that. And that's all I'm going to say for now. Let's move on to our team that stands to lose the most because I think we have the same franchise. No, we do not. Oh, we don't know? No, we do not. Oh, we switched it. Okay. So you go first. Philadelphia. I First off, we've 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 discussed this this disgusting trash of a team in recent history. Okay, and, so and, and good thing we're good thing we're staying unbiased and focused oh, on yeah. facts. I, I'm glad. It, it bases from the quarterback position, and it's been a problem. One could argue for four years, but I guess to seriously look at it, it's probably the past two seasons. Uh, it has. Pinnacled. A few days ago. Was it a few days ago or yesterday? I think it was yesterday. The news came out that uh, Jalen Hurts is with the uh, wide receivers. Um, I think that shut the door on, on Carson Wentz. And I was mystified to, to see that because I know the reports were that Jeffrey Loria, the, the owner of the Eagles, was going to... Um, Bring in somebody that, that could fix Carson Wentz. Well, I don't I don't think there's a fixing going on anymore in Philadelphia. And that's just the beginning of the problems. Because they're so deep in debt in the cap space. That they're going to need to really cut. Oof. Wow. Yeah. Cut some. Uh, $49 million over the cap. Right. And now we're looking at, okay. Who's gonna Who's gonna be lost out? Uh, are they gonna cut Fletcher Cox, the guy they just traded for, Darius Slay? Is he gonna be gone? Um, obviously Zach Ertz is out of town because he wants uh, a diff, a new contract, and this is going on during the season. At some point, Dallas Goddard is gonna get a a bump in pay, not a great amount, but something. And then you have to deal with. If you trade Carson Wentz, you're going to have dead cap. There's no good that's going to come out of this, except for the fact that if they get rid of Carson Wentz, then Jalen Hurts 
will be the starting quarterback, and you can build the offense around Jalen Hurts. And Miles Sanders, for that matter, because those are the two players that kind of had the engine going. And then I, I know you pointed out many times um, the kid off the street. Oh, Fulgham, Travis Fulgham. Yeah, you, yep. you, you were praising him for the, the work he was doing. A lot and, of talent, man. Talented player. And trashing the offensive coordinator and the offensive game plan for basically stop utilizing him. It was. Uh, guy, guy was Wentz's go-to receiver for a month, and then all of a sudden they just stopped throwing to him. Right. So I, I, I all I can say is the promise is, is that you can move out all this dead weight. Carson Wentz, Deshaun Jackson, Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar? He's in. Uh, no, he's, he's already gone. Yeah, um, he's in. He's in Las Alshon, Vegas. Alshon yeah. Jeffrey. Yeah. Um, if Zach Ertz wants a new contract and you don't, you don't, you well, you can't afford it. Then move on from him. You know, uh, I'd hate to. I'd if I were an Eagles fan, I'd hate to lose Fletcher Cox, since he's since he's been such a linchpin for that defense. But unfortunately, you put yourself in this position. This team is going to lose a lot in a division that realistically could be up for grabs, unless Washington which we will get into some of Washington, what they can do. But unless Washington can really push forward, this division is still up for grabs. But I think I think the Eagles really just need to cut bait as much as they can and suck it up for a year. It's going to be bad. But you're in this position because – you put yourself in this position, so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to live with this this season of mediocrity at best. Here's the worst part for the Eagles. I'm not trying to pile on. I know we got some Eagles fans out there. I'm just presenting the numbers as I'm looking at them. Like I said, right. using overthecap.com. Carson Wentz, like okay, if they need to move him, they need to move him. Dead money and cap savings. They they st- still lose twenty four, almost twenty five million dollars. So uh, it, they 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 still take a tremendous hit, letting him go. Now they can't afford to keep him either. So what do you do? You put yourself in a bad spot there. Um, let's see, Fletcher Cox. Uh, savings would be about $3 million because his cap number is $23 million, almost $24 million this year. Uh, Brandon Graham, uh, he'd only be a little under a million in savings. All of their top big money contracts, with the exception of Derek Barnett, who'd be $10 million in savings, so you got to figure he's out the door. Uh, same with Marquis Scout Goodwin. Uh, I'm, lo- I'm looking at the guys who have zero, yeah. Um, I see what you're going. Zero dead cap. Uh, you know, a lot of their big contracts that put them in this situation uh, is a ton of dead cap, and just adds to adds to the cap hit rather than helping it. Right. So, this is a team, man. That 
uh, got to strip it down to the bare bones, man. You're going to have to. This is going to be real ugly for a few years. And it will be as well for the team that I selected that stands to lose the most in free agency. That is the only team in a worse cap situation than the Philadelphia Eagles, the New Orleans Saints, who are, even with the adjusted amount and the cap being higher at $180.5 million than it was thought to be going into this year, the New Orleans Saints are just a touch over $69 million above the cap. Um, they are not, not in a great position. And the thing, the thing you can say to yourself is, oh, well, what if Drew Brees retires? Okay. Drew Brees has the sixth largest contract on that team. So if he doesn't end up playing again, they have uh, $22 million in dead cap and they save negative 10 million. So that doesn't help him at all, at all. Uh, Cameron Jordan, or their, their big stars, you have to figure he's gone. Cutting him only saves them $2 million. Uh, Teron Armstead would be a $6 million savings. Uh, Janoris Jenkins, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, a guy they're probably going to need at very minimum to have someone to potentially stand under center next year. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Who wants to watch Marshawn Lattimore go? Saints certainly don't. You'd have zero dead cap and he'd be a $10 million savings if they were to cut him. I mean, this team has put themselves in, I know the word unprecedented is way overused, unprecedented bad position. This is terrible for them. I think there's one thing we need to note, though, and you you, you saw it with the Rams last year with uh, Todd Gurley. Uh, they did a post-June 1st designation, even though, as we kind of joked about, he was already on another team before that. Right. Um, but they can post-date June 1st, and it splits uh, in half. Oh, yeah, you're right. Some goes on that current year, and some will kick to the – but this is what happened with the Patriots is when they did with Tom Brady is they had to pay for it regardless, but they just split the difference and pushed half of it to the following year. Right. So So they'll have some room to play at some point, but to your point, where is the cutting going to end and they're going to have some room to breathe? Because it doesn't look like it's going to be anytime soon. Okay, so, okay, to Ben's point, I didn't I didn't actually see that in the, where I'm looking. Yeah. Uh, all those were pre-June 1st cuts, which you would assume they will not all be pre-June 1st cuts. No. Uh, and has been pointed out for whatever reason, even if they are pre-June 1st cuts, they can still be called post-June 1st cuts. I don't understand. Which, why bother? So in that case, if you cut somebody like a Cameron Jordan, you would save $13 million. If you cut Michael Thomas, you'd save $10 million. Michael Thomas gets traded, by the way. Yes. Michael Thomas is not a New Orleans Saint when 2021 season begins. Someone will trade for him and take that contract. They're going to have to because the Saints do not have the money to not cut major stars. And keep, They want to keep Alvin Kamara? They paid him last year somehow. Well, if you want to do that, you're losing a lot of talent, a lot of big name, a lot of top contracts are just going bye-bye. And if you think that's going to solve the problem, not for a few years. 
because you're still going to have years of dead cap and money you can't use because of how you mismanaged it. Like like you were just saying, say what you want about the Patriots, but they had one seven to nine year, and now they're clear of their dead cap and they have seventy million to spend. So there's something to be said for knowing how to run a front office. And 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 to uh, expound your point, Chris, if you were to go with that avenue, um, if you're thinking out there, well then then just split the difference. Just call them all post June first. And then only half of it goes this year. The other half goes... Well, here's the problem with that, right? Currently active contracts as of 2022 and beyond. They have $164 million in dedicated cap space to 2022. And if we're going with... Let's say we're going with um, our number this year. What was it, 185? 180.5. 180.5. That's only like... Not even $20 million of cap space. You start splitting that difference, well, now you're you're just spreading your problem. Now, instead of being able to rebuild possibly next year and kind of build from the base, now you're waiting two seasons. So now you're wasting two seasons of Alvin Kamara. So this is, like you just said, this is where teams need to understand, okay, do we designate a post a, a, post-June 1st cut? Or do we just eat the money this year? And where are we getting the money? It's like, it's... This is the game a lot of teams play. The problem the Saints, and as you pointed out, they have so many problems that they're going to be spinning a tail from beginning to end to try to make it so they have some semblance of a football team. And unfortunately for... The rest of the uh, NFC South, it looks like the Bucks. if they did nothing, they're looking at top of the division again. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Despite what they've done, uh, they have, where is it? A uh, little under $21 million in cap space. So they're not, they're not in a bad situation at all. Um, this is just, this is kind of like why we say, we're going to move on real quick yeah. and add a minute to our, our top five. But this is why we say teams like the Chiefs have to be so careful. Yeah, it's great to bring everyone back, and it's great to try to run it back, and it's great to be loyal to your players and pay them. They signed three, well, two really large contracts and one abhorrently large contract to Patrick Mahomes last season when they were already in cap situation, uh, in a bad cap situation, excuse me. Going into this year, with a lot of talent on that team that has to be restructured in the future, they're already $23 million over the cap. So certainly that's not going to affect anybody like Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey, but you're going to start to see a lot of these supplementary pieces go by the wayside, and then who do you bring in to pair with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones? Three men do not make a team. So that's just, you know, Chiefs are smart. They've managed it to this point. I'm sure they'll figure it out. But if not, let the Eagles and Saints be a cautionary tale. And the Bucks should pay attention. It's a little different. They know they're going to have $25 million a year off the books in a couple of years. But, minimum, but, so. but the issues the Eagles are having is because they signed a bunch of players after they won the Super Bowl. That is true, yeah. So that's that's the one cautionary tale. That is tale. true. So we will, we will see. Hopefully for the 
the folks in Kansas City, they're better at math than the folks in Philadelphia. All right. We're already running a little bit long, but we promised our top five, and we did it, so we want to read it off. Sure. Every top five free agents, uh, according to the impact that we feel they're going to have on their team. Now, some of these players are going to be on the same team. To make it a little more interesting, I, and I believe Ben did as well, we did pick a dark horse team somewhere they could go if the negotiations don't go right with their current team. Or maybe there's some that just straight up don't want to be on their current team and are just taking a hike out of town. So, we, I know for me, I looked at the 12 teams that are over the cap already. And without knowing what they're going to do, I really didn't give them a chance to get any of the five players I chose. Because these are five players I think are going to sign nice. It's not necessarily the contract size, but these guys are all going to get paid pretty good money. It's a great money. And they're all going to make an impact. It's more about the impact on the team than financial. But just wanted to kind of lay it out there as you know where we're coming from. Took all those things into account. Uh, I don't know about Ben. I know myself. I'm probably going to give an estimate as to what I think their contract to player will get will be. It'll be fun to go back and, you know, when these guys are actually signed and say, Ooh, how close are we? How far off are we? So you want to start off? Yep. All right. Who you got for number five? Number five is going to be. Now, this is going to be – this is this is a player that's kind of like it could be great or it could be really, really bad. Shaquille Barrett. And I think we had this conversation before we started. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you pointed out – I'll give you credit. He's designed for that defense. Yes. Great on that defense. I think he's got to have a new home. And I'm looking at Seattle. And I, why I look at Seattle is because – they didn't have a pass rush, a single pass rush going on this past season. One of the best teams in the league. They got to the playoffs, and they're out. They're out very quickly. Now they're going to have to do a little maneuvering. So this is like the only team that I kind of like had to think of what can they do. There's a couple players that they can move on from to kind of make the numbers work. But yeah, I think two point three million dollars in cap space. Huh? So two point three million in yeah. effective cap space. So. They're gonna they're gonna have to make some moves, no doubt. Um, but I think they're gonna want to invest in this position because they know they had nothing. The problem is, is I think you're correct in your assessment. He's a system. He's designed for that system, and if you're not implementing it correctly, he's just gonna flame out and it, it's not going to work i have a dark horse of the texans uh that's kind of like here's this no, new shiny toy for the texans to put on their posters advertise because they just lost their franchise player in jj watt and they need to bring in something else and he just he's off his super bowl win he played really good in the super bowl and I think this contract, um, I'm looking at four four years, uh, 87.5 total. And I don't think it's going to work out for most whatever teams would sign him, with the exception of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right. 
for me, my number five is a guy whose name I've become very good at saying over the past year and a half. I'm proud of you. Mr. Yannick Njaku, former Jaguars, great. Um, traded to the Minnesota Vikings, who apparently, for some reason, didn't know how to use a talented you know, defensive end. Uh, don't know how. Was then traded again in the same season to the Baltimore Ravens, who didn't know how to use a talented defensive end, which I know is not the case in Baltimore. Baltimore knows how to use defensive players. His lack, I, I don't know, injury or just couldn't fit in the system or what? No idea. has to be system. It's, it has to be the system. It's not the talent of the player. Uh, so, Yannick Njaku will not be back in Baltimore. Yannick Njaku is going to take a short trip down the highway and go sign with the Washington football team. Uh, you're going to have uh, – don't let the subpar season fool you. This guy's a game changer, and he's going to make whoever he signs with, and I believe Washington, very, very happy. Um, he's a force around the line of scrimmage, sacks, tackles for loss. Uh, his stats were, you know, the only you know subpar this year uh, compared to every other year, but his rookie year. But if you're in two systems that you just don't work with as far as your 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 scheme, what you're good at goes, that's what's going to happen. Uh, I think pairing him and Chase Young up to terrorize the quarterback would be <laughs> uh, not only fun to watch for fans of Washington, but Scary as hell for any quarterback coming in there. Uh, on top of the fact that the rest of their defense isn't exactly, you know, schmucks. They have some talent there. Um, so, I think Washington football team, uh, it's funny. We did these completely separate. But my dark horse for Yannick Njaku is also the Texans for the same reason. They need somebody to put on a poster to say, here's our, you know, our new defensive player. And don't forget about, don't worry about J.J. Watt. He'll, he'll be fine wherever he is. I'm watching Anakin Jaku play. Um, I don't think it's a big contract, not because of talent, only because he is coming off a down year. I would not be surprised to see him sign a one-year deal. However, I think more likely you're going to see a lot more this offseason, more so than one-year deals. You're going to see shorter overall money and more guaranteed money. Oh, yeah. So instead of seeing a five-year, $110 million contract, you'll see like, I don't know, three for 25 to 30, but guaranteed, you know, 20 of it guaranteed or whatever. Uh, I know that's quite a drop, but trust me when I say this, guys. You're going to see a lot more, a lot smaller contracts this year for star players than you have in the past, and you're going to be surprised. And Jaku, I say he signs. It's pretty straightforward. Signs with Washington. Two for 20. Wow. Two for wow. 20, and then he's still 27 and a free agent when that's over. Yeah. So he's, this kid can make a lot of money, and I think he's got the talent to do it. So number four. Number four, wait. We actually agreed on number four. We do agree on number four. I'll let you, you know, go ahead and say it, but uh, number four we agree on. So Allen Robinson. Yep, Allen Robinson. I think we both agree he's leaving Chicago. I think he's probably already bought his plane ticket. Well, actually, in all fairness um, – I did this before the episode, but I was reading while you were talking. Um, they've actually not had contract discussions, and it's looking like a tag and trade. So, and that's a franchise tag and trade. So, I'm looking at the Los Angeles Chargers as a team, and a darker horse as the New York Jets. Now, the Chargers, 
this is on the understanding that Hunter Henry will not be a Charger. Because you, I don't, I don't see financially making sense to have Hunter Henry and Allen Robinson, along with Keenan Allen. But I think the reliability of Allen Robinson is just just pales in comparison to what Hunter Henry's put on the field is in his uh, four years, I think it is now. Four, five years. Um, and I, I know it's unfortunate for Hunter that he you know, had a couple of years of his uh, injury prone. And I know this year he mostly, I think he played all the games. I'm not 100% sure, but I think he played all the games. Oh, if nobody's sure on him, I know a team in the Northeast that loves to take a chance on him. Well, so. I, I'm not I'm not trying to disparage uh, Hunter Henry. No, I get you. I get what you're saying. But I'm looking at Justin Herbert. I need to surround him with weapons that are reliable. Yeah. I know I have Keenan Allen. Reliable. But Mike Williams is not reliable. He catches the crazy catches, but the easy little slant. He's the Manny Ramirez of NFL wide receivers. Every time you see him, he's making either spectacular or he's dropping a gimme. Right. And what is Allen Robinson? Consistent. And he he can make those plays. He can make those those show-stopping plays, too. You give uh, a talent like Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, and and Allen Robinson, and, Oof, and you're factoring in uh, Austin uh, Austin Eckler, it, it it it's it's promising offense, and I think the Jets could, if they feel like they want to dive into the wide receiver pool, which they kind of need to. All right, for me, I have Allen Robinson going to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they have some wide receiving talent. Uh, but that has proven to be somewhat inconsistent due to injuries over the past few years. So you're going to want somebody who's been relatively healthy and productive. Uh, and if Allen Robinson can put up the kind of numbers he did with uh, Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles, he can be a 3,000-yard receiver with Tua. So I say that kidding, of course, but uh, he's going to be productive no matter where he goes. He's that good. For me, the dark horse is the New England Patriots. I know quarterback issues, but um, any player that comes in, they're going to discuss that with. And I think I think it's less likely he returns to the Patriots because he hasn't won a Super Bowl. Yeah. He hasn't been on a team that's been real competitive consistently. And if he buys the narrative that the Patriots won't be, he won't be interested. He's not just looking for money. This guy wants to win. That's why he's not resigning in Chicago. Miami has a very bright future. Great coaching staff. A lot of great young players. Talent. Draft picks. Cap room. They can sign him. They can bring him in. It's an exciting atmosphere. Uh, I do think, however, if the Patriots can make a move at quarterback within a respectable amount of time, they could bring a guy Robinson in. But that remains to be seen. I think he ends up in Miami. I think you look at uh, four for forty-eight. So I, I, I went four and eighty-five. Wow, because I, I think this is a position for those two teams, and I think it leans uh, more eighty-five if it's the Jets because they're going to need to go over the top, right, to attract a talent like that. Uh, but I think it could be close. It might be closer to yours if it's the Chargers, but I absolutely think there's the Jets. 
with any team with any player they're going to have to go just a little bit higher just because they've been the Jets regardless of the credibility of Robert Sala. And like I said, keep in mind, I'm keeping mine on the low end because I believe contracts signed this offseason will be much heavier and guaranteed money and less of the mythical last couple of years of the contract the players usually never see. Right. So, number three. Malik Hooker, safety of the New- of the Indianapolis Colts. Everyone just fell asleep. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. He's a great player. He's a great player. Great player. Quarterback for that, for that defense. Played great for two and a half seasons. And unfortunately, he got an injury this season that landed him on IR. And he it looked like he was ascending to that Jamal Adams level. Not not there yet, but he was ascending to he was in that a direction. And that's why I bring up Jamal Adams. I target him for the New York Jets. Robert Sala needs a quarterback in that secondary. He had that secondary in San Francisco. He needs to build it there. Why not start with Millie Cooker? Okay. Dark horse, 49ers. They're looking they're gonna be looking to rebuild. Richard Sherman's a free agent. Tark the safety's a free agent. A couple of the other guys in the secondary are free agents. They have a lot of guys potentially going out the door. They need to be they may need to restart. Unfortunately for Malik Hooker, because of that injury and because it was season ending, I think he's gonna have to go with a pillow contract. One in fifteen. Ooh, well, I'm sure he'll sleep okay on that pillow. I know, I know. It, it, but that's what you're going to need to do to kind of to kind of get that. And both these teams, um, the, the 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 Niners might need to do a little a little finagling, not too much. The Jets, obviously, we talked about it. They have they have the money, and I think Robert Sala would pay it would pay dividends for Robert Sala to bring in Malik Hooker to kind of reset that narrative, because I think Robert Sala would probably want to have Jamal Adams. Obviously, you can't have him now. So why not get a player that could ascend to that level right? and build from there? Number three for me, Aaron Jones. Packers can't afford to re-sign him. And for whatever reason, despite having immense receiving talent, uh, everybody seems to think the Packers are going to spend what little cap room they have, which is, oh, let's see. Uh, not that they have, that they had, because they've already spent $20 million for this year they don't have. They're going to somehow sign Will Fuller. Uh, So Aaron Jones is not coming back to Green Bay. Aaron Jones will still be wearing green, however, as I've been saying for about two months now, in the form of a New York Jets jersey, where he will sign the contract that Le'Veon Bell left behind. And, I don't know, I'd say... I'd say four... For 56. Uh, obviously heavily guaranteed. This guy is a pass-catching threat out of the backfield. Obviously he can run. He's a complete package. I completely underestimated this guy the last couple of years before this past season. Uh, was way wrong on him. He is a stud running back. He's a game changer. I think the Packers are going to be still be competitive with the talent they have, but they're going to feel his loss for sure. And the Jets are going to be very, very happy with their new franchise running back. 
Uh, if for some reason the Jets don't see what I see, which as a Patriots fan happens quite often, uh, Baltimore Ravens. I know they have uh, J.K. Dobbins, but you could have a J.K. Dobbins, Aaron Jones combo. This is a team with Lamar Jackson that loves to run the ball and throw to the tight end. Keep the tight ends happy. You have two running backs you can, you know, interchange. Um, and the Ravens have a little over $18 million in cap room. They could definitely sign him. Uh, it'd probably be a shorter deal, probably be a three-year deal. Somewhere in the range of 30, 35, it'd be less money. But you're going to a team that's far more likely to win. Yeah. So you'll find out what's more important to Mr. Jones. But I I still say opening day 2021, Aaron Jones is the New York Jet. Number two. Uh, number two is the same for us, right? Yes, it is. I remember. Rhetorical. Um, yes. No, mine's Hunter Henry. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Yeah. I have I have a new team for him, the Washington football team. And Dark Horse, funny you just mentioned that team, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Washington would be – their offense would be a little bit more successful because they have two running backs, uh, Bryce Love and not Samaje Pirine. I can't think of – I can't put my name – put the finger on the name of the guy that ended the season as a starting running back. Oh, Gibson. Right. Antonio Gibson looked really good. Um, they also have McLaren. And depending on what they do at quarterback, I think bringing in a tight end who's pretty good at pass catching and a red zone threat would elevate that offense. To pair with Logan Thomas? Yes. Yeah. And if you look at it, Ron Rivera had success with – top-tier tight ends yep. in Carolina. Sure did. Now, I bring up Baltimore for the specific reason. I brought this up before. They lost something with Hayden Hurst going to Atlanta. Oddly enough, yeah. I didn't, th- I didn't think they would. And neither but, did I, but, but they, they did. lost something. Um, I think bringing in Hunter Henry would benefit them greatly. It would take some pressure off of uh, Mark Andrews. Contract would be concerning at some point for Mark Andrews, but at least for one season, you can go back into that three tight end set, do what you want on offense. And J.K. Dobbins is now the front runner on that in that uh, backfield. It could it could reinvigorate that offense and still be able to add a few extra wrinkles. And I think you look at him four years, possibly forty five million dollars. All right, for me, the number two big impact free agent is Chris Godwin. Uh, This guy is, I believe, a, and people are going to call me crazy here, healthy and in the right environment. He is a top five receiver in the NFL. No doubt. I firmly believe that. This guy is a game changer. Top five receivers just don't hit free agency. It doesn't happen. It's a lot like stud quarterbacks. You just don't see him hit free agency. Not until something changes or, you know, they need cap situations or whatever. Like in this in the case with what I believe will happen with the Saints on Michael Thomas, you just have no choice. You got to move on. You can't afford a contract. I think he stays with the Bucks more than likely. Um, they know what they have with Godwin and Evans, the pair, the combo. I know Antonio Brown says he wants to be back. 
I thought at first Antonio Brown might command Antonio Brown. Yeah, Antonio Brown. I got me thrown off because I thought Antonio Gibson. I think I'm saying the wrong name. Antonio Brown might, might command a massive contract. He's not getting that contract anymore. He's not that player anymore. He can't be trusted enough to be that player anymore. So if he signs with Tampa Bay again, it'll be a one-year deal with worth like two to four million with incentives. That's all he's getting. If he wants to go play for somebody else who's over the cap and wants to clear space for him, go ahead. But based on the antics he's pulled, good luck with that. I think the Bucks re-sign Godwin. I think they make him one of the larger offers of the offseason. I very, very much think it's possible to see a Michael Thomas-type contract with him. You could see him getting what Mike Evans gets or what Mike Evans will get when he's a free agent. Uh, you're going to see something in the range of five, somewhere between 90 and 110. He's getting 20 a year. Oh, yeah. He's that good. He is that good. He is that damn good. He is able to change an offense. He made he and Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. Yeah, man, I can't get these names straight. We're going a little long here, folks. Sorry. Uh, he and and Mike Evans. Wrong Mike. He and Mike Evans made Jameis Winston a five thousand yard passer with their ability. It wasn't Jameis's accuracy. Um, I know it was two years ago, but it still happened. If the Bucks are trying too hard to pinch a penny here and there, and he cannot re-sign with the Bucks, I hope this is the case because the dark horse or Mr. Chris Godwin is the New England Patriots also. I know what you're saying. You went from a championship. Why would he go to a team where he's not sure about the situation? For the same reason Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin wants to prove that Chris Godwin's a top five receiver. He knows it, but he wants to prove it. Absolutely. And he wants to take, he can go with the likes of Nikhil Harry and maybe Julian Edelman and Demir Bird and uh, the other kid. Who's the other kid? Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers. I like Jacoby. Jacoby Myers is going to be good. I like Jacoby Myers. Uh, the likes of those guys and be the anchor for them to help make all of them better as well. Quarterback situation will get figured out. They will pay Chris Godwin what he's worth because he's worth it. Belichick knows that. Top five receiver in his prime, 25 years old. This kid is going to light up the league. Can he do it with Mike Evans and Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady? He needs somewhere he can go where he's going to be a focal point and shine. A few better places. Love him or hate him. The Patriots are always on the radar. I don't think it'll happen. I think the Bucs will resign, like I said. But really hoping. And I, I had the Patriots as the backup for both of my receivers, Allen Robinson and Godwin, because they have to do something. Agreed. They have the cap room. They have to bring in a big-name guy. And I just don't know about Kenny Galladay. So. Well, we can't do a free agent list without bringing up at least one quarterback. Yeah, and I thought I forgot that number one was where our other agreement was. It was number four at Allen Robinson and number one, which is by my recollection is my cousin, but maybe not accurate. Uh Dak Prescott. Yeah, Dak's gotta be the number one impact free agent. So his new team is his old team, the Dallas Cowboys. Yep, I agree. Dark horse, the Houston Texans. That is on the 
understanding that Deshaun Watson has been shipped out and they did not bring back a young or if you want to call Sam Donald young or rebuilding or um, fix fixable quarterback. Uh, but I don't think Jerry's going to let him go. There's too much, too much social media, too much attention on when it went down with the injury and the fact that he wasn't ha- he wasn't thrilled about the franchise, but he took it and made the comments that he was going to be a forty million dollar quarterback. It's a crazy how a quarterback can have that injury and have the leverage. Yeah, forget forget all the social media, forget everything. I think, like you just said, he gets injured and gets more leverage. I think this is the one case I can think of where a player got hurt. It increased his value. Yeah. Because that Cowboys team was not looking great even with him on it. Uh, but he was helping him come back, and he was putting up big numbers, and he was making those around him better. And then he got hurt, and that team just looked abysmal. Absolutely awful. No use in spending all the money at running back. No use in spending all the money on offensive line. No use spending all the money on receiver and high draft picks on receiver if you do not have a quarterback to throw the ball to them and operate the offense. It's pointless. And you don't have enough money right now to rebuild your defense and make it what you thought it was going into this year. So you need that guy. You're going to give up 30 points a game. you got to be able to score 35. You're not doing that with anybody else who's going to be available. Dak's the guy. However, my dark horse, I mentioned this earlier, but a certain team who I thought would have the best offseason and stood to gain the most, tying this all together, my dark horse to land Dak Prescott is the Indianapolis Colts. Because Dak is not going to go to a team where he's in a worse situation than Dallas. There's no way. Won't do it, doesn't have to, and half those teams can't afford him anyways. There's going to, if it gets past the point where Dak is just talking to Dallas, he's going to start talking to Indy. Philip Rivers wasn't the answer. Andrew Luck's not walking through that door. Peyton Manning's in the Hall of Fame. Papa John's. Or whatever he's doing now, I don't know. They need their next guy. And they can try to draft him. And they may. They may say, you know, we're not going to pay somebody $35, $40 million a year. We're going to go draft our next guy. We think our team's good enough to win without that. This is a team, however, that has $70 million in cap space. And from the looks of it, uh, just, yeah, just under a quarter million dollars in dead cap, which is insignificant in the NFL. They can offer him that monster contract he wants and still have room to sign re-sign some of their stars that need extensions and bring in a few players to help tie up some loose ends and fill some holes. They could easily offer him five or 40 million a year. That's going to be the offer, whether it's from Dallas or Indianapolis, it's going to be four for 160, five for 200. That's oh. what it's going to be. Oh, I think it's I think it's um, four and one sixty, and and I'll say this much: I agree with you that there may be come a time when 
if it's still Dallas and there's nothing resolved, he's going to start to talk to other teams. And this is the time frame. And, and if you're looking at the dates, um, it's a month and a day from today. Free agency starts. Legal tampering period starts three days. Was it three days before? Yeah, so the 13th of March. And that's when the information starts coming out about reported deals because that's what they're reported deals. If we get within 15 minutes after the beginning of free agency and Dak Prescott across the Chiron is not signed with the Dallas Cowboys, start looking at other teams that are possibly have that cap room that are talking to him because that means there's a, the door is open for him to go elsewhere. Because honestly, if I'm Jerry, this deal is done before free agency starts. You don't want him talking to uh, other suitors because they might bump it up a little bit and they might, they might make a better case and a little more appealing. Plus, there might be a little more wiggle room. Dallas doesn't have, like you said, does not have that wiggle room. That defense, it's going to take some hits. Here's the thing. Um, I just don't see any other team where it would really be feasible. Okay, so obviously none of the none of the 12 teams, none of the 12 teams, I'm not even looking at them that are already over the cap. Uh, and if you have under 20 million in available cap, I'm not even looking at you. Because that's half of what it's going to take for one year. Not even going to bother. So look at the teams that have 20 or above. The Panthers have to have to cut too much in order to do it. The Bucks have Brady. They're not going after Dak. The Browns, they got Baker. They're not going after him. Chargers certainly don't need him. Dolphins aren't going to bring him in and only him in when they can take that money and draft picks to do other things. There's no way. Denver, 31, almost $32 million in cap. Probably more after they make some cuts. It's possible, but... There's a lot of uncertainty in the organization, and does he want to play a mile high? And they still want to see what Drew Locke has. And they want to see what Drew Locke has. But I, I've heard too many reports about them being more than happy to move on in the right situation. Right. So I didn't I, I didn't even consider that. Uh, Bengals? No. No. No, <laughs> no they're, nope. they're good. Joe Burrow's their guy. Washington football team has almost $40 million in cap. That would be an interesting one. To have Dak Prescott sign with them and go play with Rivera. They... In division, in division, they could make some moves and make that happen because forty million is the purported number. Who knows if it's a longer term deal with some good guaranteed money? What Dak would be willing to do? Maybe less. Who knows? Then you have the Patriots. I love it. I love it. Even at forty million a year, I'd be psyched to see Dak come to New England. It's not happening. He's played his first four or five years in the warmer weather down in Texas. I know folks listening right now in Texas are going, warmer weather, we got snow. Usually during football season, warmer weather in Texas. Uh, and the Colts are a stadium team. So they play in a dome, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Jets are possible. I don't think Dak goes to a two-win team, even for the money. Maybe. I doubt it. And the Jaguars are going to draft Trevor Lawrence. Right. Uh, and I assume the Jets have at least considered drafting Justin Fields. Or if not, they have Sam Darnold and they're happy with that. 
So it's the Colts or the Cowboys in my book. Yeah. I think it's Dallas. I think Dallas finds a way. They make the cap room. They do what they have to do. Despite not having much to spend, they make it work. If not, the Colts may get their next great franchise quarterback. Just just get pay attention to that Chiron. If that that clock hits the hour, free agency opens, and you don't see because what happened um, a few years ago? It was within the first five minutes that Stephon Gilmore yeah. signed with the New England Patriots. Yeah, stunned as we were, but that's how fast the information gets out. Well, these and, deals are set up days ahead of time, right? But. So that, and that's my point is that if we, if we get into half an hour, hour, two hours into free agency, and Dak is still not signed by the Dallas Cowboys, I think there's a strong possibility that he's somewhere else. And I know, I know, it's really not going on a limb, but what do, what do you think if he isn't in Dallas? I, I like it. I like Indy. Yeah. I don't. I don't think Bill would pay. I don't think so forty either. for I don't a quarterback. I just don't think he wants he wants a deal there. So, and I like some of the ideas you brought up, but realistically, look, thinking of situation, the Colts make sense because there's no quarterback. They have the money. They have a team built. It's just drop a quarterback in that is above average at best, and make it work. And I think that makes sense. And you still have pieces to build around it. You might still have a little money extra to make it work. And you still have trap capital. I just, and a defense that still has upside. Yep. That defense in Dallas is just. Now they wanted it to be, yeah. Well, uh, remember how we were going to originally do a top 10? Yeah, uh, we didn't because we wanted to reduce time. Well, we are. Uh, I was worried at first you wouldn't have enough content to fill an hour for the show, and we're almost at two hours. Oh boy! So, which you know, hey, if they're still listening, they don't mind. Uh, it's not our normal thing, but we um, some good discussions. Break it up over a few days. Yeah, yeah. I do it at once. Whatever. You're 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 an adult. You can do what you want. Or if you're a kid, oh, whatever. Thank you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, as as I said, you know, uh, almost two hours is not our normal, but you know, we uh, we kind of got off on some uh, some tangents here, and uh, think it's some you know good content. So hopefully you enjoyed it, and I I would guess if you're listening to this, you did. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, don't forget if you have not, go to bc uh, bctspod.com. I kind of spoiled one of Ben's lines there, but don't worry, he'll still say it, and sign up uh, to get our newsletters. I'm going to start sending them out. Monday or Tuesday, give you a little glimpse of what's going to be on the podcast. And we'd also like to get your feedback on what you think of the show. Uh, so uh, looking forward to hearing from all of you on that. Uh, also looking forward to hearing from you. If you have any questions or comments on anything you heard on this show or past shows, where can they get in touch with us, Ben? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSpod. Facebook, that's Ben and Chris Talk Sports. Or on the website, bctspod.com. All right, and downloads still increasing. Had some of our, our highest downloaded ep- episodes yet in the last couple of weeks, and we really appreciate that. Hope that keeps up, and hope with uh, some of this interaction we're really trying to get going with all you guys that we see that increase. If you feel so inclined, leave a rating and a review, and tell a friend about the show. If you already have, tell another friend. I'm sure you got more than one. But for Ben, 
I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank you.